1: So now it is time to lead in finally to a little bit of USC talk. Obviously, Notre Dame hosting the Trojans, who are, Brian, I think you you quantified it as they're a very strange team to a degree, mm-hmm. right? There's some strange stats, obviously, heading into the game, undefeated number 10 team in the country, former Heisman, Tro- well, reigning Heisman Trophy winner at quarterback. Uh, but it's been kind of a, a weird, I, I think it's like segment of like two seasons so far dominance early on and then a little bit of a very mixed bag over the last few it's been it's been kind of a strange start for the trojans if i would say that you know i
2: really felt ryan and, and i don't remember if i said this to you before the show or at the beginning of the show but i really felt after the first four weeks of the season that usc was one of the three or five best teams we'd seen they were playing well on defense they were dynamic in the return game you know their offense was and i didn't even think their offense was playing great early and they were still scoring 50 plus points a game. I remember watching them against San Jose State. I'm thinking their offense didn't play that great. And then you look at the scoreboard and it's like 56 to 28, you know. And then then you watch the Stanford game, and they it was like 42 to 3 at halftime. Like they could have scored 80 against Stanford if they wanted to. I mean, they easily could have scored 80 against Stanford if they wanted to. But um, you know, it just and then the the kind of the wheels came off. So if you look at USC so far, they opened Against San Jose State with a 56 28 win, that was a seven point game at halftime, and and so uh, it was one of those games where USC kind of took it away in the edge. Zechariah Branch had a couple touchdowns late in the game uh, that kind of broke it open. It was a little, it was more competitive that for that than a while. It was 21 14 at halftime. Uh, USC led 21 14 at halftime. Uh, it was 35 uh, 21. San Jose State had just scored. Then Zachariah Branch took the the kickback for a touchdown, and it was kind of over after that. Came out the next week against Nevada, uh, d- d- dominated them the next weekend, sixty six to fourteen in a game that was was very convincing. The next week they came out, looked like a million bucks against Stanford. I was very impressed with what I saw from them that week. I, I think Stanford stinks. I have said it all along. I think Stanford stinks but USC did exactly what you're supposed to do to a team that that, that stinks. It was 49-3 to three at halftime, and they pulled their starters. And it wasn't just because they had a bunch of short fields. I mean, they had a 19-yard touchdown drive. They had a punt return for a touchdown. But their other touchdown drives were 75, 93, 55, 75, and 80. They were just right up and down the field on Stanford. And their defense played well that game. You know, I mean, Stanford got some yards in the second half, but Stanford only had 349 yards of of offense in that game. Uh, They they got a lot of yards late in the game. Uh, I just, they looked really good. And then the Arizona State game happened. And USC was the better team, but you could start to see some of the chinks in the armor because Arizona State is not good. They were one and two coming into that game. Their only win was a late uh, 24-21 win over Southern Utah. They lost to Oklahoma State, 27-15. They lost to Fresno State, 29-0. And since that game, they've lost to Cal and Colorado in their next two games. And USC sputtered a little bit against them. It was 21-13 at halftime. It was 24-21 in the fourth quarter. USC went back ahead 34-21 thanks to a short field. Arizona comes right down the field and scores uh, on a 52-yard touchdown pass from Drew Pine. And then USC went back ahead. It was a very sloppy game. Uh, they just, they weren't super sharp against an Arizona State team that's not good. I thought they had kind of figured some stuff out the next week against Colorado. Uh, they come out early. They're up 34 to seven. Colorado puts a late drive together, makes it 34-14 at halftime. USC goes up 41-14 midway through the third quarter. And then Colorado finally got hot. And they scored, uh, I think it was like 28 of the final, uh, 35 points and went from 41 to 44. Uh Colorado score with a minute 43 left to make it 48 41 on a drive that they took four minutes off the clock. I still don't understand that drive. They were running up the middle. It was just a very weird drive. Uh I mean you know, I understand I understand. I just don't like it. You know, I mean you're 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 basically saying we're gonna game plan, Ryan, to um get a score and then where we have to get the onside kick, as opposed to let's see if we can score early, save our timeouts, maybe. And then if they get the ball back with a minute 43, we still have two or three timeouts left which means we can you know we can kick off or even if we do side on the yep. onside kick we have, enough, have a chance to stop them perhaps yep. and um, you know, and, and didn't get it done and then they came out last week against Arizona and, and again you put just about any other quarterback in the country on that team other than maybe Drake May or Jaden Daniels and they lose that game. And yeah. I leave Michael Penix off of that list because Michael Penix is 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 playing great football right now, but he's great at distributing. Yeah, what they needed last week was a guy that could just kind of do some Trevor Lawrence types, Joe Burrow stuff. Where you put that team on your Hero shoulders ball. and say, "Yes, exactly, I got you." It's Hero like ball. Trevor Lawrence yeah. against Ohio State in 2019, that kind of thing. It yeah. wasn't distribute. It was, dude, you got to go win this one for us. Yeah. And and he did that. And I think may, maybe Drake May and Jane Daniels are the only. I mean. Jaden Daniels did a little bit of that on Saturday against Missouri. He was phenomenal um, on Saturday against Missouri. And you came back and win. And so the thing that that bothered me in that game, Ryan, was just how bad their defense was and how much their offense sputtered. But the thing I liked on the flip side is, but you also got to give them credit for coming down from 17-0. And they could have folded, and they didn't. They battled back. And then, you know, Arizona comes down and ties it up late. USC can't make the place to win it. And then they had a chance to win it and then just had that one of the worst field goal operation exchanges I've ever seen in my life uh, in that game. And then they went out and did what they needed to do over time. So yep. they're a bit of a reeling team. But, Ryan, you know what's great about reeling is exactly what we said when Notre name beat Duke. And, and, and NC said, I don't care if you don't play well, as long as you get that W at the end of the game, and, and USC is doing what they need to do to win. They're 6-0, and right. and they're yeah. one of the few teams in the country left, Ryan, where they are in 100% complete control of their destiny. 100%. Yep. And it's a, it's a good place to be.
0: We're driven by the search for better. But when it comes to hiring, the best way to search for a candidate isn't to search at all. Don't search match with Indeed.
2: Notre Dame has a huge must-win game against USC this weekend. And if you're looking for last-minute ticket to this battle between the Irish and the Trojans, or if you're looking for tickets to your favorite comedy club or concerts or other favorite activities, then Game Time is the place for you. Game Time is the fast and easy way to buy tickets for all the sports, music, comedy, and theaters near you. With killer deals on last-minute tickets and their best price guarantee, you can stop stressing over the tickets and start getting hyped for the fun you'll have. Forget planning months in advance. Game Time has deals on tickets right up to the day of the event. Get exclusive flash deals on tickets for football, basketball, baseball games, concerts, comedy shows, theaters, and more. The Game Time guarantee means you'll always get the best price. If you find tickets in the same section and row for less, Game Time will credit you 110% of the difference. It's the fastest-growing ticket app in the country for a reason. Get images of your seat before you buy so you know exactly what to expect when you arrive. Buy tickets in a matter of seconds. Two taps and you're set. Tickets are sent directly to your phone so you never have to dig through your email. Snag the tickets without the stress with GameTime. Download the GameTime app. Create an account and use code IRISH for $20 off your first purchase. Terms apply. Again, create an account and redeem code IRISH for $20 off. Download the Game Time app today. Last-minute tickets, lowest price, guaranteed. That's
1: GameTime.co. It's a very good place to be. I mean, I, this team is, I think USC is just a very, I, I would say volatile is a word for them, right? Because I think that the the structure with which they are built is not, I don't want to say sustainable, but it's it's always going to be a little bit up and down because you're picking from the transfer portal so often. You're bringing new guys into the fold almost on a year-to-year basis. The offensive line, I think, structurally is still a work in progress. And I think the defense, obviously, is incredibly... I mean, they're built off of creating turnovers and creating negatives, and that, but they'll also give up a lot of big plays as well. So it's a very interesting team. I, I think that for me, it's like because I I, f- I I feel like it's the it's the week to week perspective I feel like one week they could look fantastic almost as an all-around team then the next week they just don't look very good because it's just like they're built off of instability in my opinion like it but but they have a trigger man that makes up for a lot of those lapses right where you're just like yeah kid's pretty good man he's gonna make a lot of guys look better than maybe they actually are at some points and and getting credit to Lincoln Riley for that as well. Lincoln Riley is one of the best offensive minds in college football. I mean, he, yes. he he's getting the most out of Marshawn Lloyd right now. He's getting the most out of a lot of guys, and uh, uh, I, I don't think the offensive line is great. It's better than it was last year, in my opinion, at this point, because I think that they've upgraded in talent at this point. But um, I still think that they are a, a below-average team that is being utilized the best possible way that they can at this point. So.
2: I would say the offensive line is more talented, for sure.
1: Yeah, I think it's settling
2: la- in, though. I think it's are yeah, starting right to. now. They yeah. haven't run the ball well the last two games, but the pass pro's getting better. He hasn't been as harassed as much. I thought they played better as a unit last year, but to your point, they had a bunch of sixth-year guys last year. That yeah, were just, they Ortiz, just got to play well, those guys. Right. Yeah. They could play in, and the center was a six year guy, Nealon. Was it, he was their center? No. Nealon, um, yeah.
1: Brett, Brett Nealon, yeah.
2: Yeah. He was their center last year. I mean, he, he was a veteran guy. They just played well together. They just weren't dominant. This unit has a chance to be a group that can move some people eventually. They've got to figure out ways to run the football. If we're just looking at this from a USC standpoint, they ran the ball well the first four games against bad teams. The last yep. two weeks, they ran for 95 yards against Colorado and only went for 3.8 per carry. And a chunk of that came on that uh, Marshawn Lloyd was about a twenty-yard touchdown run, and then they went for 146 yep. against Arizona, and and again, forty of that was Caleb Williams, yeah, and, and and that's an Arizona defense that that the run defense that's actually been surprisingly decent this year, Ryan. Like that was the most yards they'd given up all year, uh, was that yep. that that amount to Arizona? But Colorado's defense run defense uh, is, is is not good,
1: yeah, yeah. Yeah, and I was talking just so people understand. I was talking about the offensive line, I would say, is a below average unit, not that the team is a below average unit. Yes. Just so that, yeah. their, that clarity was there because yeah. I thought someone put that in the chat. But they thought um, you said the team was below average. Yeah, I, I think Roger the Dodger said, said that. I, gotcha. I, I said USC is playing horrible, but I wouldn't describe the team as below average. I didn't say the oh, team is below no. average. No, yeah, I mean, we no, sat
2: there and no. said they're undefeated and they're good in a good place to yeah. be and they're in control of their own yep. destiny. No, it's, it's the offensive line's not good. They're you know, average below they're, – they're, they're just not – they're not carrying that team. Here's yeah. the danger that USC runs into, and this – this it starts now as their schedule ramps up. Because if we're just looking at you, we're, – we're just previewing USC for a second. We're not necessarily talking about the Notre Dame game, but we're just looking at USC. This is the stretch we talked about during the season, Ryan, which is going to be a lot tougher. It starts with this Notre Dame game. Then they have Utah next week at Cal – home against Washington on a short week. I believe that's a short week. No, that's a Saturday. They play at Oregon then home against UCLA. Here's the problem that they run into in this final six games. And it was kind of this way against Colorado. They are their their offense is in the same boat as the Nerdame defense. Now, I'm not saying the Notre Dame defense has been as good as the USC offense. I would argue it, it until last week it was very good. Yeah. Uh but what's happening at Louisville is exactly the danger that USC has as they look at as they look at it, Ryan. And I'm gonna I'm gonna pull up the stats now so we can kind of put them side by side. But the problem is, is if USC's offense has an off week, they're in trouble. If they play a good team, they're in trouble. And and so that's the key is like, can you just create some stops and just some get the offense out of rhythm? Because if you can get this offense out of rhythm, USC's in big trouble. Because if you look at the numbers, Ryan, they're completely polar opposites in just about every regard you know you've got an offense that ranks in the top five in points per game yards per game yards per play passing yards yards per pass attempt quarterback rating they're number six in yards yards per carry as an offense they're 13th in yards per completion as an offense and they're 10th in fewest turnovers on the season so they don't they haven't turned the ball over a ton and and so and then you kind of look at the defense and and they're the exact opposite. They rank 79th in points allowed per game, 112th in yards per game, 86th in yards per play, 91st in rushing yards. For a team that's been blowing teams out, to rank 91st in rushing yards is a bit problematic. And when you it's also weird. when yeah. you're get when you rank this is the weirdest stat they have is right here, Ryan. They rank 79th in college football in most yards allowed per rush, but they're second in tackles for loss which yeah. means they're getting gashed in yes. the run game.
1: Their only and chance is to stop behind the line of scrimmage. If they don't, if it's positive negatives. yards, it's probably for a nice little game there. Yeah, And yep. they
2: rank 6th in sacks, Yep, and yet they're 115th in passing yards, 69th in yards per attempt, 77th in yards per completion, 92nd in quarterback rating, 78th in yep. third down defense, 123rd in red zone defense. And and you're also not a team that really forces a bunch of turnovers.
1: Well, and so to, this, to, to illustrate that rushing yards, the, the conversation we just had, though, also sacks count as, as uh, off of the rushing total as well. So that 152 yards that you lost on sacks is also taking off of the rushing total, which is, again, just indicating like. Nothing good against the still, run at all. Exactly, and that's a
2: lot, and <laughs> yeah. they've created a lot of negative plays. That's the yep. right, Ryan, and and so yep. when you still are giving up that many yards per rush attempt, yep, and you've got created that many, like if Notre Dame, I'm saying this right now, if Notre Dame had these numbers and disruptives, yep. second and tackles loss and six and sacks, they'd be giving up fewer than ten points a game right now, yeah, and they'd be, and, and honestly, they'd be seven and zero. Like if because they'd beat Ohio State if they had those kind of disruptive numbers, they'd beat Louisville if they had those kind of disruptive numbers most likely because they would have given their offense some short fields, right? Like that's good enough to be seven and zero. Now Notre Dame is better everywhere else, but they just haven't been overly disruptive. They're like polar opposites of the Notre Dame defense in in a lot of different ways. But I, you, you, you always knew that this is who Lincoln Riley is. This is always who Lincoln Riley's been. He just yeah, his his goal on defense is just that. This stat line right here, Ryan, to me epitomizes Lincoln Riley's entire philosophy of football. I don't care about points per game. I don't care about yards per game. I care about getting enough stops for us to score and outscore people. That's turnovers
1: and negatives. Yeah. Turnovers and negatives. Yeah.
2: And I I don't think you can win a championship that way. I just don't. We'll see. He can, maybe he can prove me wrong so far. He's over on that one, but for Notre Dame, the key is you've just got to create some stops, but offensively, this is an opportunity for a get-right game. And if you can't get right offensively this game, Ryan, you're in trouble.
3: Whether you're a world-class athlete or a podcaster like me, we all understand the importance of mental and physical well-being and proper recovery for top-notch performance. In hundreds of locations across the globe, access to a center is easy and affordable. Interested in experiencing the EE system technology for yourself? Go to unifiedhealing.com/bluewire to learn more and find a center near you. That's slash Blue y dhealing.com/bluewire. No material or testimonials on the Unified Healing website are intended to be viewed as medical advice or a substitute for professional medical advice, diagnosis, or treatment. Always seek the advice of your physician or other qualified healthcare provider with any questions you may have regarding a medical condition or treatment and before undertaking a new healthcare regimen, including EE system.
2: This episode of the Irish Breakdown Podcast is sponsored by BetterHelp. Do you ever feel like your brain is getting in its own way? like you're laying in bed at night with your mind racing a thousand miles per hour and you just can't sleep. Like when you know what you should do, what's good for you, but you just can't do it. Therapy helps you figure out what's holding you back so you can work for yourself instead of against yourself. And if you're thinking about starting therapy, give BetterHelp a try. It's entirely online. It's designed to be convenient, flexible and suited to your schedule. When you get there, just fill out a brief questionnaire to get matched with a licensed therapist and switch therapists anytime for no additional charge. Make your brain your friend with BetterHelp. Visit BetterHelp.com slash Irish today to get 10% off your first month. That's BetterHelp, H-E-L-P dot com slash Irish.
1: Brian, I, wa- I watched a defensive film for, for USC, and I came out and said, I think I literally texted you this, I'm like, Damn, should score a lot against this USC yeah. defense, but do you feel confident about it right now? No, I, I don't, no, I don't. The only don't thing, want... <laughs> the only thing yeah. I'll
2: say, Ryan, is is you and I have been saying each of the last three weeks, this is a good defense yeah. that they're yes. about to play. We, you, you, and I know some people don't want to hear it, and you always hype up the opponents. Well, that's because Duke is pretty good. I said on the show this morning with the CFP All America guys and or CFP Nation guys, and that show will be out tomorrow morning, but I said. You know, part of the reason that Notre Dame fans don't appreciate the Duke game is because they just see Duke, yeah. right? And We try to tell them all week how good that Duke defense was. That necessarily isn't the game that concern, It's it's ha- Louisville was not Duke though, right? But it was yeah. still a good. De- it's still a much better defense than this one, for example. Yes. Much disru- more disruptive secondary players. However, you played really bad against that defense, and yeah. they're just lacking confidence right now. So that's why I say it's so important. I mean, you know what key number one is going to be on our Thursday show, Ryan. Like, if you are watching the show, unless this is the first time you've ever watched the show, you already know what our number one key to success on offense is going to be on Thursday show. Because you've got to get some confidence against this defense. You've got to put doubt in their minds and confidence in yours. Because if yep. the Notre Dame defense, if the Notre Dame offense sputters early and the defense is like, crap, now we've got to shut USC down every time, we're screwed. Because you're not going to. Yeah, I mean, you're going to need to probably score in the 30s and 40s to win this football game. I don't care
1: how good your defense plays. It's it's so funny watching this USC team as well because the coordinators, even though that, even though I agree that Lincoln Riley wants this type of defensive coordinator, like he wants Alex Grinch. Right, structurally they're so different in their philosophies as far as Lincoln Riley is a master class of finding advantages and creating big plays and being kind of finding a rhythm right offensively. He is one of the best offensive minds in college football. And then you got Alex Grinch that is just like kitchen sink. No, like no worries, like balls to the wall. Like it doesn't make any sense. It is literally the most unsound structure of defensive football that I've ever seen. That's why it's literally only really worked one year out of the entire time he's been a defensive coordinator from a actual good defensive perspective. Like the one year at Washington State, they had a really good defense all around. Like that was a really good defense that year. Otherwise, yes, they've had seasons where they've ranked high in turnovers forced and, you know, and, and some of those negatives, obviously. But have they really been technically a good defense under Alex Grinch in any year? Like, no, I would say they haven't. Oklahoma, USC, it's never really been good. But... They have the opportunity. It's the volatility again. This defense is very volatile, but when it's good, it's creating turnovers and it's creating negatives and you're having a bad time, but you can't let that be this week, man. Like you just can't let it be this week. Like it, and unfortunately I don't feel confident enough about Notre Dame offensively to say like, yeah, no, there's, they're going to blow them out. They have no chance to stop their offense. It's just, it's, it's it's a weird
2: game, man. It's It's weird. I mean, yeah. it's prove-it mode, dude. It's like, yeah, okay,
1: you can score on them. You should yeah. score on them. but And with, with your offensive hangover the last few games as well, is there a better remedy to get back on track than going against this Alex Grinch defense? Is there a better I mean, remedy potentially? I mean, because uh... I mean, they're worse now than they were last
2: year, Ryan, on defense through the first six yeah. games. Yeah. I mean, they only gave up over 20 points last year twice in the first six we're, games the highest point total is 28 against Stanford and they gave up 25 to Arizona State they gave up 14 to Rice 17 to Fresno 14 to Oregon I mean, or look here's the deal last year if you remember the defense won them that Oregon State game they forced like three yeah. red zone turnovers in that game and and because and, the offense did nothing the defense kept them in that game early on when the offense was struggling against Washington State this defense is not capable of that they're wor- they're worse on defense now than they were last year
1: which is and, so uh, odd. And yeah. I, I think that I think that really kind of speaks to how below average of a defensive coordinator Alex Grinch is because he actually has more talent this year that we'll talk about defensively. There's a whole lot more talent, and yet they haven't taken a step forward really in that capacity. I mean, mm-hmm. guys, if you saw the, the outing that they had against Arizona – like we'll talk about like what Noah Fafita did to that defense, that quarterback throwing five touchdowns over 300 yards. They also got ran on tremendously against Arizona. I don't know yeah. who Jonah Coleman is, but like my dude was like muscle hamster against that boy. Like,
2: yeah. It
0: was nuts. Man. Yeah. It was Arizona really
2: outgained USC by 141 yards in that game, Ryan. That's they wild. had a hundred and they had a they had 303 passing yards and they had 203 rushing. To your point, they lost yeah. the game because they had a bad turnover. And they went and had 12 penalties for 99 yards. They controlled. Here's the thing that say, say Notre Dame. If you think you can extend this game and shorten this game, Arizona had the ball for over 10 minutes more than USC did for over 10 minutes more and, and lost because you just, now if you get up on them and let's say you're set up 17, three and you've got the ball and you say, Hey, look, maybe this is one of those, you know, let's, Let's uh, go on a nice long drive and get a touchdown mm-hmm. and go up twenty four three. Fine, that's fine. But you better yep. freaking score. Don't just take time that's off her. the clock. Right, like just yes. running time off the clock is not going to win you this football game because it just means you'll lose thirty one to twenty four instead of fifty one to forty four. Basically, right. I, I, that's what I think mean. that'll be
1: a. I think that'll be a great key to victory on Thursday as well. Notre Dame cannot miss opportunities in this game offensively either like settling for field goals or stupid turnovers in plus territory like you cannot have any of those negatives in this football right. game like that would be demoralizing for this team yep. i mean yeah yeah but i mean i i would literally say like usc is i i said the word feast or famine a lot with the offense for louisville last week but like literally like this team is like a It's a cluster of chaos, man. Like, that's all it is. I mean, really, offensively, I love the scheme that Lincoln Riley does because I think that he has he's obviously an air raid guy, but he also still has the principles of, like, I still want to run the football in a decent margin, obviously, right? Like, I'm not going to abandon the run fully. I want to still ride that at times. Defensively, though, man, it's just a cluster. It's just like, we're just going to throw everything out there. Blitz from multiple spots, blitz the same gap at time. Like it, it doesn't make any sense. It just structurally doesn't make any any sense.
2: And I would say that I I think their talent is questionable as well. They have a talented defensive line, very talented. Yeah, they have a couple of talented defensive backs, but they don't play to their talent level. In my opinion, the issue is uh, I, I think there are some weak spots in the secondary of guys that just aren't that good. Yeah, they're and, and they're not super fast on the back end.
1: I would say the bullet kids got can run. Oh, the bullet kid's a great athlete, incredible ball skills, but again, but he struggles with any type of physicality. In right. the pass game, he can get boxed out. In the run game, he'll miss tackles and well, their in space. entire
2: secondaries. Uh oh, well, I shouldn't say this because I don't like using that word. Let's just say they're not physical. Yeah, they they're sh- not physical. They, they, let's, let's be tech. They struggle with physicality. That's a nice way of saying what you all know I'm trying to say. Here's the thing for Narain, though you've got to take advantage of that. Yeah. You, you've got to be able to utilize that to your advantage. And if you're just going to run a gap runs all game, USC is good enough up front to create some problems. They're going to blitz you. They, they they have the blueprint on you from last year. They're going to blitz every gap. They're going to make you, they're going to not let you run the football. You're going to have to beat them throwing the football. Yep. And, and that's just the reality of it. Now, that doesn't mean you abandon the run, but sure. you also got to be smart. You don't run like a third and one jet sweep to your run, you know, to your your, your you, Ryan, you know, I'm a huge Logan Diggs guy. And yep. he's proven at LSU exactly everything we said about him. Like he was a yeah. very underappreciated running back for Notre Dame. Oh, let Logan Diggs leave. Well, I would love to have him and Audrick and Jeremiah Love. I mean, you're always better with more talent. Logan's yeah. a heck of a football player you're nuts to be running a jet sweep with him on third and one right like that's just not who he is but you know can't do dumb stuff like that but they're gonna they're gonna do what they did last year you've got to try to find ways to create some gashes in the run game what Notre Dame did last year is they condensed everything and that made it easier for USC to blitz everybody when Notre Dame started to spread it out a little bit that's when some of the runs started to open up as well Remember, Chris yep. Tyree had a big, long run, like a 25, 26-yard run last year because they spread it out. He was able to cut back that zone, and or it might have been duo. I forget. He cut back or bounced. I can't remember. I'd have to go back it was and watch it duo. Again.
1: It was always duo <laughs> last year. Pretty
2: good guess. <laughs> uh, but he cuts it, he cuts it and uh, goes for a big gain. But when you spread yeah. him out, started getting the ball down the field, that's when the run game finally got a couple nice chunk plays. You got Audrick had the long run on the check down. He had a 30-yard gain It was on a pass, but on a check down. And your offense started rolling. If you can, if you can come out early and have a plan to to hurt them in the pass game, force them to back off. It's yep. almost kind of like you're you're deconstructing your offense a little bit, right? Yep. And then putting it back together backwards in this game. And you're going to have to do it. They tried to do it against Louisville, and the first three plays look great. You hit a yep. you hit pass, RPO completion, pass, turnover. Right? Yes. You, you got to avoid that, but. They tried to do that against Louisville, which you and I thought was something they were going to have to do. You talked a lot about that yep. in our keys to victory game. Is you're going to need to to do some things in the past game to open it up. And early they did, and then they kind of once they got off script again, it was not pretty. But uh, you, th- there's going to be opportunities in this game. But USC is going to is going to follow a similar game plan to last year: load the yep. box, yep. blitz like crazy, force Notre Dame to beat you throwing the football. Uh, yep. they're going to have to, but I do think this is a team that's vulnerable to also, even with some of those run. Cause like you said, they'll make mistakes. They'll blitz two guys they in will. the same gap. Like you said, they'll they turn will. a run game, a hole loose. And you've got to be able to create when those things happen, you got to crease them. And, and I'll just say this, this, this is a week in my opinion. And I love Audric Estime. He is your number one back, but this to me is a Jeremiah love Jadarian price game in a lot of ways you're going to need to find ways to have them be a part of your run game because they're the kind of guys that when that hole opens up for that split second can whoosh, out. Yeah. Thunder, yeah. you know, And that's why I say the entire game plans have to be deconstructed and built in reverse. Use Jeremiah and Jadarian early to set up Audric to put the game away in the second half. It almost has to look a lot like it did last year. Remember last year they play a lot of Chris Tyree and Logan Diggs early and yep. then Audric would come in in the second half and put the game away. Yep. I almost kind of feel like use it needs closer. to be something a little bit like that this week. Uh, this year where hey, we got some speed and we're going to come at you and we're going to use our speed and then we'll power you. Uh, yep. I would I would like to see a little bit of that from Notre Dame. It doesn't mean again, we're not saying abandon the run, Ryan, because they're they're yeah. vulnerable to the run. But you have to it's know bad. how they're going to defend you and have yep. some ways to take advantage of that in well,
1: my opinion. Well, on on the second level, like they are built to stopping Odger Destemay more than speed in my opinion. Yes. I mean, cuz the defensive line is very talented. I mean, we talk about Bear Alexander. You talk about Anthony Lucas, Jack Sullivan, transfer from Purdue's a good football player. I like Solomon Bird as kind of their rush outside linebacker edge. Like I think he's a really talented player, former Wyoming transfer. But the second level, Eric Gentry's a pretty good athlete. They use him in space a little bit. He's like the six six kid. But inside, Shane Lee, Mason Cobb, both good college football players. But. They're not the best athletes of all time. Like they're true inside linebackers. They want to play guard to guard most of the time, not mm-hmm. even tackle to tackle. Like they want to play guard to guard and just be smash mouth type of kids. And you can take advantage of the second level a lot because I know that the Tackett Curtis is the freshman, freshman linebacker that's playing a decent amount. He's a pretty good linebacker. He's a pretty good uh, athlete, I should say, at linebacker. Yeah, But he's a young kid. You can manipulate him, man. You can manipulate his eyes. You can get him going in the wrong direction. The other kids, though, they want to settle there in the A and B gap, and they want to just play smash-mouth football with you. Mm -hmm. So that duo scheme that we saw last year in this football game especially, it's not going to work, man. It's not going to work. You need to be – run game diversity is going to be big this week as it has been the entire season, in my opinion. Get this team guessing as they always want to do. And you have a chance to gash them a ton. I mean, I hope I see inside zone duo at times, but I really hope I also see a sweep at times, maybe an outside zone at times. Like there's some things that could really get this team moving laterally on the second level, which I think is going to open up a whole lot because I don't think that second level wants to play laterally at all at all.
2: Chip long. In in three years against USC, every single year, and this is a different staff, but the it, the philosophy is very similar. He always used their defensive aggressiveness against them. It was the read zones from Brandon Wimbush in the reverse to Kevin Stefferson in seventeen. It was the play action to Chris Fink, and it was the 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 the, buck, the fake buck sweep, fake buck sweep right, run a sweep left. Uh, that went for a fifty-something yard touchdown to Dex that that kind of got them back on track. You had the little swing route out to Tony Jones to put the game away, where you read zero fire and you went empty and threw Tony just a little. Ian just did a great job of buying time, letting Tony clear and then just getting it over top. Tony catches it, goes for a touchdown. Uh, Twenty nineteen, you had the reverse to Braden Lindsay. Had a couple reverses to Braden Lindsey. You had some jet sweeps. You had some, you know, you tossed outside. Tony Jones had some really nice runs in nineteen. Tony Jones ran all over USC. He went for like 170 in that game, but it was inside out or it was outside in. They hurt him with some of the outside, the toss stuff. They really they they took advantage of their aggressiveness, different coaching staff, different systems. Right. But but the point is he always had answers for their aggressiveness. We're not just where you were running one play, but you were when you ran that play, you were going to hurt them bad. Yeah. And that's what they were able to do. So they had they had at least. I am trying, they had a 50-yard run against them in 19. They had a 50-plus yard run against them in 18 as well, I believe. Uh cuz Brayden Lindsay had the one or Brayden Lindsay had the one in um in 2019. I, and then of course you had it's the end around,
1: right? Around the, right? Yeah, around the Lindsay. Exactly. Yeah. Yeah,
2: so what they did was right and this is this is what I was, again kind of frustrated me. It was very similar to what they could do now. It was it, they they lined up in a a, a trips. Actually, this is I'm going to need to Find this, but I'm pretty sure this. They lined up in like a trips, and they ran toss because they were had been hurting them with Tony Jones on toss in that game,
4: yep. and
2: so they 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 kind of went to toss it. But Braden came back. He was in a bunch. Yep. Uh, yep. Braden came back and kind of underneath
1: of the to toss, and then, yes, yeah, yeah,
2: and then housed it. Yep. And and so it was like it was building to, to to those type of things. Right? There was some method to some of the things that Chip was doing uh talk about the buck sweep i'm looking to see what the yardage was on that in 2018 to Dex. that was a 52 yard run notre dame was down 10-7 it was on i believe notre dame's first possession of the second half and it was it was it was Dex for 52 yards because they saw that usc was coming hard and as i as i explained usc was was just as soon as they saw the guards pulling they flew to that. Well, if you're watching Notre Dame now, Ryan, and you're defending Notre yep. Dame now, what reason do you have not to do that also now against yep. them? You have no reason not to do that now against them. And so it's it's very similar to to, to now. right? I mean, how to, how to defend them or how to uh, go at their offense now is when the guards start to go, there's no reason for you to go anywhere else. The guards yep. are going to tell you where to go. I'm right, Ryan. I'm looking at that highlight now. Uh, yep. They had already gashed them on, on it. They were in a, they were in a, it was actually a two by two. It wasn't trip. So it was in a two by two bunch. And so they were in 12. It looks like they were in 12 personnel. No, that's just chasing the slot. So they, they were in, they were in 11 personnel, but they had chase in the slot in double bunch. So Braden was on a wing with Cole Komet. They had chase. And I I think was that Fink backside. I can't see who that was backside. It looks like Chris Fink, uh, but they, they had him backside. It's it's looks like Fink. And they just ran that toss play. And they had already heard him with toss earlier. They ran a couple toss plays. One Tony Jones just ran over a linebacker and went for like 30 yards uh, on a toss play. So they every year he'd set them up with that stuff and something, and they yeah. would gash him with something, right? And that I mean again, different defense, but the same principle applies, Ryan. Like there are some things that you can do if you have them scouted correctly and you have yourself scouted correctly. If we line up in a trips out of 13, per, 12 personnel with the receivers, you know, whether it's 21 personnel or 22 personnel, with Jeremiah love or Jadarian Price, whether it's it might actually to me be a little bit too obvious with Jeremiah Love. I know that's one they're that going to see. But to me, that like if I see him there, I'm actually thinking, hey, 12, mm-hmm. you know what I mean? Like, yeah, uh, he's the guy right now, if I'm USC, I'm most concerned about from a speed play standpoint in the run game trick plays like that you know whether it's whether it's Chris Tyree whether it's I don't care if it's Jordan Faison I mean somebody fast that can take Jadarian Price somebody that can take that ball and just get out the back on a buck sweep or some kind of action like that because you're going to have some chances to seal some yards I think of Notre Dame against Florida State in 19 all the way back in 1993 right Florida State had a really aggressive fast defense way more disciplined than this one what was Notre Dame's I think their first score of the game was what was reverse to Adrian Jarrell. You took advantage of their aggressiveness and beat them out the gate. It's okay to do those things. It's not like oh, we got to go to our bag of trips. Like every good offense should have something like that, right? And Notre oh. Dame won all three of those games against USC, and they were the better team. But it's like we know how you're going to defend our run game, and we're going to make you pay for it. That's good coaching. That's not. Gee, we got to we got to go to our trick because there's a once they start running trick plays, they know they can't beat you. I've always thought that was dumb. Like, like not early anyway. Maybe if you're getting your butt kicked and you try to pull something out of your hat, that might be something. But I just feel like that stuff needs to be part of who you are, especially if you're a team that wants to run the ball like Notre Dame runs the ball. you got to do something to make teams say, if you just fly to the ball, we're going to make you pay for it. Because right now, teams are watching the back, and as soon as the line in the back is going to tell you right where it's going, and they just fly to the football. Yep. And Notre Dame does nothing to make them pay for it. Nothing.
1: T- double reverse to Jaden Thomas. Draw it up, baby. Draw it up.
2: <laughs> yeah, no, no, knowing Notre Dame, though, they'll run the yeah. play that I'm talking about, and Jaden Thomas will be the one to get the ball. And that's yeah. not a knock
1: on Jaden Thomas,
2: but it's like that's not yeah. the guy you want to be doing
1: that. Or, or yeah, I mean, yeah, it's just you don't want him or like Rico or someone. Like, right. that's not their that's right. not their game. You know what right. I mean?
2: Like, Even Tobias, game. who's you know, a long strider. Like, once he gets going, yeah. he's pretty. But somebody can really run. Don't give it to yes to Jaden Thomas or, or Rico or, you know, something like that, that'll, that'll frustrate me, but that's just yeah. kind of the way it's been. so, cause this is a team that's vulnerable to the, we're already kind of getting into the, the keys of the game, Ryan you can tell how fired up we are about Notre Dame need to win this game. But uh, yeah, but that's who USC is. I mean, they're, they're just not a great football team right now. They're, they're not. And well, defensively, um,
1: definitely not. Well, that's what I'm saying. They're not a
2: great team. Yeah. They have a great yeah. offense. They're just not, they're a vulnerable yeah. team, but at the end of the day, they keep winning because they have the best player in college football on their team yes oh yeah no no doubt. That. and no i know doubt. usc fans don't want to hear this but if you take that kid off their football team they're at best four and two right now at best and that's with the tough part of their schedule coming up and um you know you kind of wonder though if they didn't have him maybe maybe Caleb, maybe lincoln riley would actually then do things to make sure he has a defense you know like who Who knows
1: um, imagine lincoln riley with a good defensive coordinator and a good defensive system i know right
2: they, they become w- scary would
1: probably win a national championship They'd probably but, be pretty mean, scary that's... yeah
2: be pretty yeah. scary it, it is weird that he doesn't well part of it too is i don't know a lot of great defensive coordinators that will want to coach with him not because he's yeah. not a bad guy but it's like his whole game plan is built around everything is cater- catered to the offense yeah and that's partly why some guys don't want to be part of an offense like that but like I thought the best, like Clemson made it work really f- effectively for a few years with the Jeff Scott, Tony Elliott combo with Brent Venables, yep. where they were an explosive offense, but also a great defense during that great three-year defense. stretch. Yep. But uh, but they also had elite players. That, that can't be dismissed. That, that helps on defense. Yep. They had elite players. And USC has some really good players, but I don't, they don't have like the talent that, that Clemson had back in 16 and 18, obviously, no matter how bad their coordinator is. and He's now, what, 0 for 3 at big schools, right? Like wasn't, very a, yeah. no. uh, wasn't very good at Ohio State. Wasn't very good at Oklahoma, and is, is not very good now. So, so that's going to do it for the USC Breakdown, Ryan. Uh, before we get there, do us a favor, folks. Hit that like button, hit the subscribe button, hit the notification bell, share this podcast, and sign up for the message board at boards.archbreakdown.com.